Welcome to the Needham Say More podcast, season two, episode two. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Pressman. And I am Doug Fox, and thank you so much for joining us into the second season. And uh, the second season is covering a lot of things coming up at town meeting, uh, fall town meeting this year. And uh, one of the hottest items that's left on the agenda, I think we would both agree, is uh, two proposals to give some money to some local churches uh, from the Conservation Community Preservation Act uh, to help them with renovations. And uh, Doug, do you want to do a little intro or do you want me to do it? Or? Yeah, no, I can. I mean, so uh, the Community Preservation Act was created by the state. Uh, it allows city and towns to create a local fund. Um, for four different things. So open space protection, historic preservation, affordable housing, and outdoor recreation. Um, and we're allowed to do a property tax surcharge up to 3%, which I think we do the full 3% in Needham. And then there's a state match, which was really big and has been getting smaller. Um, but, you know, it's been it been able to fund a lot of great things. I think we did initially to fund the town hall renovations, which probably wouldn't have been done without them. Um, and you know, I think it, it's kind of spanned a bunch of different things. Like I, I think it also, there's some investment in fields, which has sometimes been, uh, controversial. Um, and then Trails. Of course, Trails. uh, nonprofits as well, which churches are part of them, but, uh, given some money to nonprofits as well, and even some private entities. Um, so like, if I think of what I thought CPC CPA was when it initially passed, I feel like it's, it's veered a little away from that, but that's been considered okay by the. CPC managing group or, 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 or the group that, that uh, guides uh, all of the local uh, task force. So these two, these two hot issues are two churches right in the center of town, the First Baptist Church, which is on Great Plain Ave, and the First Parish Church, which is sort of behind CVS on Dedham Ave. Uh, they're each seeking not huge amounts of money. I think they're in the order of $100,000 um, or less. Um, the First Baptist Church, they are uh, saying they're going to pay most of the cost, but they need to renovate their front, uh, sort of the cornices and the columns and the porch in front are in bad shape. Uh, and they say it's a historical structure. It's built in 1928, uh, and it's part of the town. And then uh, the First Parish Church, they have a, uh, they have a bell tower, a steeple, uh, with a Paul Revere bell in it, and the steeple needs some repairs. And again, they're going to pay for part, and they are at there asking for the town for part. And it's a histor- another historical structure. I think it dates to eight- the 1800s, like 1836. Um, so uh, shouldn't we just give them the money if they ask nicely, Doug? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it looked like the stars were very much aligning to that. I mean, the CPC very much supported it. The town leadership, the select board very much supported it. I mean, I think everything I heard, it felt like this was a done deal and a no brainer was what was kind of coming down to me as a town meeting member. I mean, I attended the CPC Zoom. And when I asked sort of a question of like, you know, uh, money going to religious, I mean, I kind of like, we already considered that, you know, everything's fine. <laughs> um, and even someone asked a legal question and that, and that also um, was kind of pushed off. And I mean, I want to praise the finance committee, which you could think, is it really their job to uncover that, you know, there might be some legal stuff here? I mean, it, obviously liability, financial liability that comes from it is big. But I I mean, personally, I wish that the proponents had kind of brought that up, um, you know, and I, I felt like the only legal liability that was discussed was more about if we say no to it, could, would the town get sued? 
you know, for discriminating against religion, which I understand is a is an aspect of the legal liability. But it seems like there's a there's a bigger and more cu- current one on whether we're allowed to put state uh, funds, federal funds, whatever, towards towards religious institutions. And so this this goes back basically goes back two years ago to 2018. Um, a case came in Massachusetts where Acton uh, wanted to give some CPA funding to a church there. And the funding was for a variety of different things. One thing was to restore some stained glass windows in the church. One thing was to create sort of a master plan for some housing and the church building itself. Uh, They were sued by residents and the ACLU and other sort of separation of church and state type um, advocacy groups. The uh, Americans United for Separation of Church and State out of Washington, D.C. Talk about an interesting uh, organization. And and the court basically, I mean, the court sent it down for more rulings, but the highest court in Massachusetts basically found that, yes, there quite possibly could be a conflict between separation of church and state and using CPA funds for religion. And they were particularly concerned about these stained glass windows because the stained glass windows had religious iconography in them. And... The court basically found that would be improper. And they then said about this very, what I would consider, this very convoluted three and a half part test that towns should use to decide whether or not CPA funds could be used on churches. So they did not, as the plaintiffs in that case wanted, they did not rule that CPA money could never be used in a church at all. They basically said that Massachusetts Constitution, which is pretty stern on these things, sort of lays out um, a prohibition and the they the uh, high court kind of set a test that was had to do with sort of whether the CPA money was furthering the religious nature, the religious uh, organization of the church versus uh, historical preservation and sort of more general yeah. non-religious purposes. A, lo- a load of gray area there. Um, Very gray. And yeah. and I mean and 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 the underlying um, uh, uh, law is something called the Anti-Aid Amendment of the, it's a part of the Massachusetts Constitution um, that, you know, is is what the lawsuit was put against. And so like that three-factor test you're talking about, now it's forcing all these, all these individual municipalities to figure out if it fits that three-factor test. And I mean, literally it's spelled out in the findings. It said, a grant of public funds to an active church warrants careful judicial scrutiny it's kind of saying <laughs> anyone could sue on this, right? But, you know, if, if you haven't done your, your homework. Now, the other thing is, you know, so Massachusetts, basically, you're, as you're saying, like in the Constitution, Massachusetts has a very stringent history of separating church and state. At the federal level, though, you know, you have a very different trend over the last few decades where the court has actually been looking for the opposite, cases where uh, general benefits are granted to non-religious institutions and the court then saying, well, you also have to grant them to religious institutions. And there's lots and lots and lots of examples of this, you know, whether it's a uh, school lunch program or public busing or all kinds of other things uh, where we do extend them to the religious institutions in Needham as well as public institutions. So there it is, a, as you say, it's a total gray area. And, and that went all the way to the Supreme Court, which it appears is about to get even more conservative. <laughs> right. The next three weeks or however long it's going to take for, for that to pass through. So um, it just seems like there's a whole lot up in the air. I also, I found it interesting. Um, so well, the, let's uh, just also, wait, just to clarify. So then the finance committee actually voted against these two items. Yeah. They are to recommend to town meeting, the town meeting not adopt these two items yeah. 
based on this sort of uh, possible religious um, support. Yeah, and 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 Needham Times wrote an article about that, which you know. Uh, I don't know if a lot of us would have even heard about that. You know, obviously, I know some of us town meeting members do our own due diligence and dig into that. But, you know, a, a lot, all the stuff being pushed by the proponents and from town leadership was, once again, it felt like this was a done deal. So that article was great at letting citizens know and even letting, you know, some of, you know, some of some of our representative uh, people know that there's something going on there. But the um, the churches, two of the reverends wrote a letter into the Needham Times. I don't know if it's been published yet, but it's published online, you know, that was very critical of it. Uh, and it gave a long list of all the churches that have been funded, uh, which there's a lot of them. Uh, right. A lot of churches have received CPA money since yeah. this 2018 decision. Yeah. So the three-part test is not impossible to pass. And also, I don't think there have been any lawsuits in Massachusetts since that 2018 decision. So and, and their their point was they they in their in their letter though I felt like they sort of reduced the test to just whether or not the money was going towards parts of the church that had um, religious symbols or iconography on them. That's and a I feel like, super I feel like narrow it, interpretation of of the findings. I say, spoken as a non lawyer, but <laughs> that felt like just the part that they want you to see, you know, not the rest of it. Right. Now, I, in the case, I mean, so we could talk about these in a little more detail. Like the first parish church asking for the steeple, which has been, um, you know, a prominent feature in town, an architectural feature, which has a uh, Paul Revere bell in it. Um, you know, the first parish church host, hosted town meeting way, way, way back when. It feels like that is clearly historic. Yeah. First Baptist church, to me, in my opinion. Uh, First Baptist Church, they are asking for the whole front kind of area of the church. Uh, again, I don't think there's any religious, there's not a lot of religious symbols or anything on the part they're asking for. And it is uh, a very prominent piece of the town. It's about, a, that church is about 100 years old. I think it's a newer building. What, what's your feeling about whether these things, in your mind, does it pass? If you just looked at sort of the specifics of the project, how do you feel about it? Yeah, and I, I mean, I said this as much on the Zoom. I mean, I... I don't think there's any doubt. Like those are historic buildings downtown. Are you separating the religion from it? I mean, they are historic. And they could be historic houses if you just wanted to look at under that based on how old they are and the fact that they're right downtown and how you know, so yeah, I mean I think historically it hits all of it. But actually I wanna there was uh you know, not all comments on Facebook are from crazy people. There was there was a really good analysis. I don't even know who she is, but a woman named Ellen Fine brought up something I hadn't even thought about, which is said because of past discrimination in our state against religions, other religions are less likely to have historic buildings. And even some of the Christian houses of worship of minority community are less likely to be labeled historic because they weren't allowed to. So is there past discrimination that would, you know, if we, if we look at it from historic vein and the people that are making those decisions, does that, does that get factored in, Right. That's an interesting point that I hadn't thought of. You know, you sort of <clears throat> then you sort of have a question about whether the CPA needs an adjustment at the at the level of the law because it has these specific categories that it's laying out. And as this person has pointed out on Facebook, these categories perhaps are um, based on some systemic prior discrimination in the past. Yeah. Um, so it does seem like maybe the legislature should take another look at the CPA and 
whether there's there needs to be another category added to for sort of uh, historically neglected resources in the community. Yeah, and and the CPC, so like the the state CPC.org, you know, whoever it is that's sort of guiding, they sort of provide guidance. Yeah, yeah. That all that all kind of look to. They put their posted their own analysis on that SJ, SJC uh, finding in 2018, and this is exactly what they said. I pull it piece by piece. So the court left open the possibility of some grants to religious organizations, but it's conceivable that the SJC set the bar so high for these grants that it might be difficult for towns to preserve religious historic resources in the future. And then in another quote, in the absence of a definitive conclusion of the case, it's hard to imagine CPA communities stepping through the three-part test for CPA applications from religious institutions without a full review by legal counsel. And in my vein, that's like the most important part because like that SJC ruling with the lawsuit in Acton, that took six months and 77 pages to analyze what they were trying to do. So like just a side conversation with the town council to me is not enough. Like I I would, for me to vote yes on this, I I need like a real, you know, legal analysis and someone who is going to stand behind it for whatever could come next. You know, right. So that's another. So that's that. That's like we haven't even gotten into that. But like another reason you might be opposed to this is just did we do our due diligence? Did we dot our i's and cross our t's as as we need to on something like this, which is a little bit controversial? And where as you're as you're reading, the state uh, guidance is that there should be a legal opinion. Now, as far as I can tell, the community preservation committee did not really explain why they didn't get a legal opinion. Uh, they sort of said it, it might be expensive, it might be too hard to get because it's yeah. a, a, and a murky lawyers, area. There's on the committee that, you know, maybe they, in their own expertise, you know, whether whether it's exactly in this type of law, but they they might have done their own analysis on what they thought it is. You know? And I guess they said they consulted with the town council. I'm not sure what that exactly and, means. And am I right that, that, I mean, the town council has passed now too like do we do we have a town council that it's that it's currently been consulted with or oh that's right i don't know if there's an interim yeah like was it was it consulted with the past one or the current one and i mean and i even think the town council normally for something like this would go to outside council expertise you know to right dave uh, dave Tobin like died over you had a letter from some outside group sometimes for things like this that you know to to guide us and um I also want to bring up that uh, this is actually I, I, I'm going to quote just just in fairness I'm going to quote it came from from Trevor Ballantyne from the Needham Times but he 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 made a comment to me that uh, saying that a bunch of other towns have gotten funding for it and didn't get sued is not really a, a valid legal opinion right right <laughs> and I don't like the case that's being made you know like look at all these other people doing it and that means it's okay like okay you know it's like everyone else is cheating on their taxes so we can like it right it felt you know, um, that the, once again, as a non-lawyer, I, you know, if, if Needham was a company, I feel like you would have to do a huge amount of due diligence on this because of the, the risk and exposure, you know, future. Um, and then I, I praise the finance committee for, for bringing this up and then the press for bringing it out and, you know, whatever it, wherever it ends up, I just think it's a really good conversation for us to have. And it even made me question, you know, we have a vote on the community farm for CPC funds, C- CPC funds, CPA, as well, CPA, which is a nonprofit. Um, 
And I know, I think we've given them past money to them. And like, personally, you know, that makes me question, should we be giving money to any nonprofits? You know, is that, is that the right use of CPC funds? You know, it's a, I hadn't really thought about it. So. Right. Cause when you, when you think about the, the overall concept here, it does seem like it's sort of like town assets and, um, you know, things which will be for the whole town, um, and not necessarily under the direction of some other group. Um, but you know, that laws are written and then people put them to work in the real world. And there are a lot of needs and, um, you know, things get stretched or maybe moved in directions that are or are not anticipated by the uh, people who wrote the law. And and it feels like we could get sued from every direction on this, really, right? Because we could be sued for doing it for separation of church and state, whether it's a federal or state or even just some concerned citizens, right? Like, I mean, it's pretty easy for an att- someone, a citizen who's an attorney in town to, to put something together. Um, equally, it could, you know, the religious institutions could sue the town, you know, for refusing it. Um, that, you know, that's discrimination, you know, I mean, there, it seems like every which way there's, there's risk in this, which to me just gives me more pause. I mean, someone, someone was posting about, uh, you know, who's recusing themselves, like, like at town meeting, anyone who's part of one of these parishes, do they have to recuse themselves from the vote? You know, and I even took it the other way, like, you know. What about people that are from other religions? Like, does that bias them against it? What about like, what, what about atheists? Like, are they biased against religion? And then do they need to recuse? And it just, all this, just every, every time I'm looking deeper into it, it just continues to open up another can of worms, which, you know, just creates uh, uncertainty, which to me leans towards voting no on it. All right. Well, I'm not sure I can go totally down the rabbit hole with you, Doug, on the conflicts of interest. I mean, the whole point of town meeting is we're a group of diverse people in all different parts of walks of life and parts of town. And, you know, we're there to render our opinion on things. Now, I think if someone was like, I don't know, an officer of the church or something like that, maybe, you know, something very, very involved and senior or had some, some sort of, I mean, it wouldn't be in this case, but you know, if someone had some sort of financial interest or legal interest in something, um, you know, that, that might, be concerning, but I, I I don't I don't have a problem with someone who attends this one of these a member of these churches or a member of another church or synagogue or mosque or other religious organization voting you know deciding on what we should do here. I think that's sort of town meeting's role. Does it does it bring up more legal liability? I Man, once again, I agree with you. I'm only arguing it because if someone sued on either side, is that another thing they could say? You know that it's that the town meeting is biased because it's majority Christian or like, you know, it's like, it's once again, it just, it just adds more uncertainty to me. So. Well, I mean, I think separation of church and state has a long, you know, multi-century legal history in the courts. And I think you're right that either side could sue. I think to me, it's a little less likely that the churches, which are, you know, foundational institutions in town would sue. Um, maybe someone could sue on their behalf. I'm not yeah. sure. But ironically, uh, that was the legal risk that was discussed, you know, before finance committee was, that's what it was about. That if we don't pass it, we, we could be sued. Right. Well, I mean, you know, be, people are making the arguments they're making to try and convince the people in front of them to vote their way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I know this is, this makes very utopian of me, but I, I would just love for town leadership to, you know, to, to present the pros and cons and not just, not just the one side of the, of the coin that makes us want to vote for it. You know, I mean, that, that'd be helpful to me. 
you know, almost like, almost like when you're voting on a ballot item, right. They have like the pros and cons printed into right. the 150 words from each side. Right. Yeah. Like that's, it just, you know, that's, that's helpful in us making an informed decision instead if it's, you know, just the one side and there's important stuff that we should know that isn't part of our decision that, that bothers me. And I guess, you know, that puts the onus on us to find it and uncover it, but that, you know, if, if, if the representative government is, is representing the people, um, I would, I almost hope that it would present both sides, you know? Well, town meeting is coming up in just a few days. I haven't checked, but does, isn't the finance committee going to do a video of their view of things or? I don't know. You know, I haven't looked to see if they've added something, but that's, yeah, I haven't looked yet. you know, I know they, they normally give, they normally speak. Um, I mean, I, I don't think individually they're allowed to speak, which to me would have been interesting, you know, having watched the video. I mean, I think some of them felt really strongly about it. And you won't get that. You get the, you know, based on the vote and it kind of gets balanced out based on the vote across all of them where, um, you know, some of those voices are in my head, you know, of. of, of well, whether, whether you agree with this practice or not, sometimes the person presenting for the finance committee uh, reads a little bit from the minority report, so to speak. Yeah. Or, or gives, you know, if it's a 6-3 vote or something, sometimes they'll explain why the three people voted yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, and, and, and um, they have to do that, so yes. So I don't, well, it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see uh, where town meeting goes with this. I, I have not yet decided. I think yeah. it sounds like you're a little more definitive. Um, but it, this is a good one. Yeah, I mean, the thing that could change it for me to me if someone shows a strong legal opinion, you know, someone who's going to stand behind it, whether it's town council or consultants that guided them, like that would give me more confidence. But in the absence of that, that's a, that's a, that's a big hole for me that I'd rather, I'd rather have it come back in the spring. I would even say I would put my money where my mouth is. And I'll, I mean, I'll even say this at town meeting that if I vote against it, I'd be happy to write a hundred dollar check to both churches, you know, uh, to, to help, you know, and maybe that's a, you know, Maybe this can be if it if it were voted down. Maybe this can be a call to action for private funds to help fill the gap, right? Because mm. I do think they're historic, and and getting them back to their original is is a great value to the town. So, all right, well, that's certainly another possibility. But Doug, we're not going to solve any problems on this podcast. No, right we now. never solve problems. I don't want to listen to us. Sorry, I should say. All right. Well, we thank you for listening uh, today for season two, episode two. I'm Aaron Pressman, and I am Doug Fox. Thank you so much.